On this episode of Documental Radio, I'm speaking with Resilient Dad, Optimal Health by Nature. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Let's talk about water. And to begin the discussion, I'd like to read out a tweet that you put out recently that I think would set up the conversation nicely. Does that work for you? Yeah. Okay. So you tweeted saying, aluminum and fluoride are found in tap water. Both destroy your health in many ways, especially neurologically. Together, they might have a synergistic negative effect. Avoid them in tap water like the plague. And under that tweet, you also added, fluoride can increase absorption of aluminum. So Igor, I was wondering if you could just touch upon this tweet a little bit more and give us some more insights. So fluoride has been added to water for like the past 100 years, somewhere around there. Um, it's been added to tap water because they thought that um, it increases bone health, especially in dental health, because of cavities for kids, that kids have and adults actually. But fluoride is actually a toxin for, for pretty much for people. It doesn't really occur naturally except as calcium fluoride in plants such as tea. When you drink tea, it has small levels of um, calcium but then, of course, when you, when you mix that tea with a tap water, it gets the fluoride from the tap water. So now you're really increasing the fluoride. But fluoride has been linked to different abnormalities, such as uh, thyroid function and, and cancer, actually. And it makes bones, it can actually make bones more brittle. The way it does that is fluoride competes with, with iodine, actually, which protects your thyroid hormone. So fluoride depletes iodine. And what happens is, is our diet and our water supply is already really low on iodine. Iodine is really found in like in seafood, mainly in, in seaweed. And most people don't really eat much of that unless you're, you know, your coast, like a lot of coastal living and cultures such as China and Japan still do, but other people um, don't get enough of it. And the way, they, uh, the way they supplement iodine is to kind of add it to salt. So, you know, the Morton salt, the lady with the umbrella and dog, yeah. um, that has the iodine, but you're still not getting enough of it. So iodine actually is part of something called redox reactions. It helps with that. It helps with your mitochondria, which is the powerhouse of your cell, which creates energy. And iodine helps build more mitochondria. And that's another way if fluoride competes with iodine, it pretty much minimizes it, its absorption. So it, inter, it interferes with those reactions, with energy production reactions, basically. And then there are new studies actually saying that it helps aluminum absorb more. And aluminum is also added in water. Well, it's not added, but it's found in tap water, but it's also in um, various products such as salt. So when you go to buy salt in the store, if you're buying like a lot of like non-sea salt products, just a regular salt, it, it actually has these agents in there called anti-caking agents. And they're, they're kind of like aluminum products. And aluminum has actually been linked to Alzheimer's as well as other um, mental health issues. So now you have fluoride that's linked with those, 
fluorides linked with mental health issues and aluminum. And now you're creating more compounds that you're introducing. And there's a synergistic effect, like I said, between fluoride and aluminum. So you're getting a ton more of those, which is creating just negative effects on your brain pretty much. When we drink water and we talk about water, it, it seems like a pretty basic topic. It doesn't seem like there's much complexity, at least at the surface level, but in reality, there's probably so much more. So can you help us understand what, what is going on here and, and just more information about water in general and how we can kind of get rid of these toxins that are in our modern water supply? Sure. So water is uh, the driving force of nature. That's what Leonardo da Vinci said. And water kind of powers all processes and all life is basically based off of water and it's theorized that life was born in water that's where it uh, occurred water actually comes with in 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 two different it comes in two different ways where um water can be bulk and it could be like interfacial meaning it's structured water or as gerald pollack um, coined it as easy water these two have many differences. Like structured water means that water, water usually gets structured when it passes through the water cycle, which is how we actually get water on earth. Like water on earth, to backtrack a little bit, comes from these reactions um, like condensation, precipitation. It grabs it from the clouds, the ocean plants, trees, and then it goes like in the, in underground and it gets processed there and then comes back up. And there's like a huge cycle that takes like a really long time. And that cycle also filters out water. So your water comes out typically drinking water that doesn't come out from municipal supplies comes out from springs and springs basically come out of, um, aquifers and aquifers are basically large kind of like bodies of water underneath the earth they're like large lakes and all that process that processing that takes place and filtering that's where they end up and then eventually aquifers like push water out and it pushes it out of something called like a spring and it's just kind of water coming out and that spring is usually um it just water comes out of it on in a more of like more or less like a dark place. The springs don't like don't like UV light from the sun, so they they come out in shaded places. That's why that's where most of them are found under like under shaded places, bushes, trees, or or wood or whatever. So the structuring of water occurs basically when when it goes through a process that forms that aligns the water and the molecules in, the, in certain hexagonal shapes. And this water becomes like living water where nutrients are added like minerals and electrolytes to it and different, and it gets charged and it gets structured through movement. So, and then bulk water is basically just other regular water that doesn't go through this process that lays there. But aside from that, there's also different properties of water and because water, as we know it, like when we see water, we think of H2O, right? So you have two hydrogen uh, molecules and oxygen, but in reality, water has other properties. Like there's uh, water, water goes into different states, such as um, it has properties of 
something called D2O, which is deuterium. And it's divided into like light water, heavy water, semi-heavy water. And basically deuterium is a molecule of water that's heavier. It has a neutron. So it makes it heavier, double the weight of hydrogen. So it's D2O. And then actually there's also um, T3O water, which is, which is kind of radioactive. And it's, it's, it doesn't occur that much in an environment and it's really spread out. So people don't have to worry about drinking radioactive water. But in labs, that's how processing occurs. And that's how pretty much nuclear reactors are made through using that water. But the semi-heavy water, the D2O, has, has recently been in a lot of science studies because it kind of affects life and metabolism. So basically, since the water is heavier, it's, it's harder on the system to process this water. So in the mitochondria, basically the powerhouse of the cell, you have you have this energy production and this motor that spins to produce ATP through ATPase and this motor spins in water. And when you have D2 water, it's heavier. So it changes the, the weight of the water, basically the viscosity. So it's kind of like the thickness and it makes it spin slower. So it, it kind of messes with energy production. So your body actually tries to get rid of this deuterium and have just water that's depleted from it to be able to produce energy more efficiently. And the way it does it is by structuring, by having light hit it. So structured water, to, to come back to the subject, also becomes that way. It becomes through this crystalline solution, which, which becomes that way by having the sun hit it. So when sun, when photons from sun hit water, it absorbs water through different wavelengths, basically UV light and red to near red to infrared light. And that powers the water and it separates it from um, other bulk water next to it and creates a charge. And that's really how your body operates and creates water through this, through this battery type of charged water, this structured easy water. So that's how you're creating energy. The way this happens is your body basically likes to to create energy and it likes to have electrons pa uh, passed over. So you, through this process called a redox reaction where, where um, certain molecules accept an electron and others lose it. And that's how you, that's how you generate energy and it, and water facilitates this process. There's so much to water that we could talk about here. <laughs> <laughs> What I find fascinating is that, well, actually it's fascinating, but also kind of an issue because if you look back in history, people could get good quality water just by going outside, going to a spring, like you mentioned, you know, going for a swim in the ocean, you know, they could get their hands dirty in the soil. And the thing is we have water supply today that is pretty much diminished in its quality. And we have to have podcasts like this to discuss, you know, what water really is and where can we find the good water and what can we do with water that we're supplied? So to me, it's kind of a, it blows my mind that we have to discuss this topic, but at the same time, at least we have the resources to discuss it and the science to prove these type of theories. So it's fascinating to hear this. How do you suggest we get rid of the toxins in our water and how do we become more educated and more aware of the quality of water that we're consuming these days? Sure. 
so just to backtrack a little bit, um, there's many processes of water in the body. <laughs> just to cover it briefly, like water maintains, it maintains your DNA, it makes sure it doesn't get damaged. It facilitates like energy production, like I briefly managed, uh, briefly said in, in for uh, mitochondria. And most of your organs and tissues are composed of water. In fact, even your bones are made partially like 20% or 22% out of water and water kind of, it transfers a lot of nutrients and wastes all through your body. And the wastes obviously come out of your body and helps your digestion and also regulates your immune system and body temperature. So those are, those are basically roles of water in your body. Now, what happens is in recent times is after we've been using like a lot of petrochemicals from just creating plastic and, and other items, there's a lot of all those chemicals that go into rivers and streams and they end up in water supplies. And what happens is, so all of that has been in the recent century. There wasn't as much of this before. So the quantities of chemicals in water from, from um, plastic and then coal and other types of waste has increased like exponentially really. So now it's, it's kind of like most waters and rivers are literally polluted. I think 90 something percent of rivers you, you really can't drink out of or anything. So what happens now is it's, it's kind of like there are municipal water supplies and they kind of clean water but they do it in ways where the clean water isn't completely clean. Like you're still, there's studies that show that there are all kinds of chemicals aside from the addition of fluoride that's added. There's stuff like medications, pesticides, and, and other things that come out in, and they, and they reach that water through, even though the, there's a cleansing pro, uh, process, but they reach it through other sources and leaching and runoffs and stuff. So, so tap water basically becomes water that's kind of the best we have, but it's just not a good source of water because you're just getting too many chemicals. You don't have a good mineral composition in there and it's lost all its structure and energy because it goes through all these processes and it doesn't come out naturally anymore from the spring. So basically our options are sort of getting limited because of all the dirty water in the world. You can still find springs in, uh, in the world. And there's a company out there called find the spring, which pretty much puts out spring locations on their website all around the world. I think they started with the U S but now it's global and people are participating in this and they're just adding locations of springs. So that's going to be your best bet. Typically, if you find water from a spring, that's the best water you're going to get. And the best way to drink it is actually on the spot. But obviously, most people don't just live a block away from the <laughs> spring. So they have to, if you're going there, you're going to have to bottle it and take it home. So that's the best way. If you're going to bottle it, you want to have glass containers and you want to have sort of, if you can, like there are colored glass containers, such as uh, blue colored, because that absorbs um, the least amount of light. So it keeps the water as close to as, as natural as it can. 
otherwise glass container and just keep it out of light is probably the way to go. The next best option is well water. Now for both spring and well, make sure that those waters are tested because sometimes you have both well water and spring water that's contaminated by things nearby. So that's no longer usable and that's an additional problem. Well water, basically the way well water is derived is people tap into an aquifer and that tap brings out that water early in, in like a well. Now that water is great, but because that water isn't completely mature because it's tapped into early, it can have an overabundance of minerals and you don't want to have too many minerals in your water either. So if you're getting well water, you should test it for contamination and it's pretty much it's minerals as well. The next best option is probably getting spring water from the store, which is in glass. You want to get spring water in glass because if you get it in plastic, it's most likely you're going to get, you're going to get xenoestrogens in there, which means like basically these chemicals that affect your estrogen receptors and make, makes you build, have a buildup of uh, estrogen. You'll, you'll have an estrogen imbalance and you don't want that as, you because know, they, they wreak havoc on, on a lot of different systems in your body. So a lot of the bottles that you see in the store are made out of BPA, bisphenol A, and that's, uh, that's, that's a xenoestrogen. So the way that that breaks down into the water is not just through heat, but through a process called photo degradation. And what happens is like if you have UV light and it hits, a, hits plastic, it'll, it'll kind of like, it'll degrade that plastic and some of that will go in your water. So you'll have all them chemicals that your plastic bottles made of end up in your water. And actually the interesting thing about it is, is that's one way of how, how scientists want to, want to get rid of plastics on the planet. They want to, one way is to have a degrade from the UV sun. But the problem is, is that takes a really, really long time. And we have so much and it's just not on the surface to get hit by UV. So that, that's a problem with that. So aside from buying water and getting it from a well or a spring, there is water cleaning systems. And my favorite is RO, reverse osmosis, which pretty much separates the water and pushes it through a membrane. And all the, like most of the toxins are extruded from that. And you're left with pretty much clean water. The problem is though, is that the water comes out kind of like blank through a, uh, it's a similar process as distillation actually, where you collect the steam and then that steam turns back in the water and the steam doesn't have any, anything in the, uh, in it as well. So you're getting like, you're pretty much getting dead water or zero water. So in those two cases, what you want to do is you want to remineralize the water. The way to do it is, is pretty much by, you can do it. The cheapest way to do that is to add sea salt to it because it, it, has, it has pretty much a lot of trace minerals and it creates uh, mineral water. Pretty much. So, um, so that works in for, to add minerals back in the water. 
I use something called Concentrase, which has a lot of uh, magnesium in it and trace minerals. So you get magnesium chloride in your water plus trace minerals. That's really good since most people are deficient in magnesium. So now they're getting trace minerals and magnesium in their water through that. The reason you don't want to drink water that is like zero water, dead water, is because because of the lack of minerals, it doesn't really get structured in your body and it just kind of passes through. And it can, it, it, so water tries to, to keep a mineral balance in your body, no matter what. And if you put zero mineral water in it, it's going to try to take minerals from other parts of your body. So it could be taking calcium from your bones or, or whatever phosphorus and other minerals and, and trace minerals from other places and then excrete it kind of. So you're sort of not adding, but you could be depleting minerals from your body by drinking, um, zero water, uh, zero mineral water. And so other, other types of water filtrations, they aren't really that good because for instance, if you use a regular Brita filter, all it does is take the kind of like the scent and taste of chlorine out of your water, but it doesn't actually necessarily, unless you get a high end Brita filter, it doesn't deplete. It doesn't get rid of the chlorine out of your water. And in fact, Brit is owned by Clorox, which adds, which is used to add chlorine into your water, which is another thing I forgot to discuss, but chlorine is technically an antibiotic because it kills, you know, kills bacteria and viruses. And you don't really want to be drinking that. That's another, a whole separate issue of why you don't want to have uh, drink tap water. So so those Brita filters really don't do anything. You, you have to get a good quality filter such as uh, reverse osmosis or distillation. So, so there's, there's something new going around that's trendy of, of an alkaline type of water. Those aren't really, those aren't really supported well by science and the, and your body creates an alkalinity in your body uh, by itself. It uses like bicarbonate and other minerals in order to create that alkalinity. So it basically the pH balance of your body. And when you buy that alkaline water, it's not created alkaline by a natural process where, which happens on the planet naturally, which is through mineralization. But that process is that the way they create alkaline water is through electrolysis, which is this chemical separation process, basically, but it's not natural. And it just separates alkaline from non-alkaline water. And then you're drinking that. And since it's not natural, your body long-term doesn't process it well. And I think there was studies showing it could have cardiac issues if you drink too much of that stuff. So you don't want to worry about when you buy water about it having a high alkaline artificially, like, like it's sold, um, I would probably stay away from that water. You really want mineral water. And so people might be thinking about it like, oh, I can't get any of that, or it's just hard to find. So glass mineral water isn't that bad to find. There's lots of companies such as Aquapana or Voss has mineral bottles or um, 
uh, there's a uh, mountain something water, which comes in glass bottles or, or other, or other sources. And if you can't, I mean, if you can't find a glass bottle wherever you are and you're thirsty, just use a plastic bottle. Why? Because um, it's better that you have some water, especially, you know, quality water, because you don't want to be dehydrated. Um, dehydration is another issue and it causes like a lot of damage to your body. Like your brain function decreases, your organs don't work properly. It's just, you want to... It, it causes migraines and headaches and you want to stay hydrated because actually there's, there's recent signs stating that like 75% of the population is always dehydrated, uh, which is pretty crazy. It's not necessarily that they're not always drinking enough water, but it's more of drinking crappy water, which doesn't have the right mineral balance in it or drinking too much caffeinated products, which actually dehydrate you more and, and soda as well. If you're drinking a ton of soda it dehydrates you. So even though you have water in it, you're still getting dehydrated. So that's where all of that comes from. Yeah. I can uh, attest to the quality of water and at least the ones that we buy in a supermarket. I have one right here, the green glass bottle. Is that mountain Valley? Yeah. That's yeah. the one I was referring to. That's one of the <laughs> better waters you can uh, buy. Yeah, it's fantastic. And this is sparkling. So I can attest to the fact that, yes, you can buy it nearby in like a Whole Foods or some kind of health store. Uh, and also the taste. I mean, I, I noticed that there is a difference in taste once you have enough water. And that's, I think, kind of a misconception that people have that it's all the same. But with the minerals, the electrolytes in it, it does taste better. It actually has kind of like a creamy, smooth taste to it. So Fantastic. You give us so much information on water and hydration. Is there any other point that you want to add before we close? Basically, the main point here is there's a lot of water science and there's a lot of types of water and different properties and everything and things get really confusing. And although scientists, at least mainstream ones, think they figured out water, water is extremely complex and we're just sort of starting to figure things out. The main thing here is though, is that like I always speak about it is kind of follow nature. So if you follow nature, you don't really have to know all of the biochemistry and quantum physics that's all applied to water and anything else in nutrition. You just want to be able to drink clean water. So, so the sources I mentioned are probably the pretty much basically you want to get water from spring water and well water. Those are the main sources and you want to keep hydrated. You want to drink a lot of water. Now there isn't really a good number of how much water people need to drink. The, the best way to look at it is you have this base rate of your weight in pounds and you divide it by two. And those are the ounces that you get that you want to drink. So if you weigh like 150, that means your base uh, amount of water that you want to drink is about 75 ounces a day. But this amount is influenced by so many things. So you need to adjust all of those things in order to be able to drink enough. And you don't want to stress about, oh, what do I have to adjust? So if you exercise, right? You get thirsty quicker, just drink more water. That means you need more water if you're exercising. If you're in the heat, like if you're in Florida or, or um, Arizona, you want to drink more water because you're um, sweating out water. 
so basically you want to follow the cues of your natural, you know, natural cues that your body gives you to drink water. If you're feeling real thirsty, that's actually the last step that tells your body that you're dehydrated. So you sort of want to drink water before you feel thirsty, because that's actually your, your last cue that you're thirsty and you kind of want to track your water consumption based on the color of your pee. So it should be, um, it shouldn't be completely clear. It should be very, very light colored, like light yellow. And then, then you're good pretty much. And make sure your water is always mineralized with, with salts or concentrates or other types of uh, trace minerals. Fantastic. To close the interview, can you give the listeners an idea of where they can reach you online? Sure. Um, you can DM me at, at Resilient Dad. As of now, I'm just on Twitter. So that's the best place to reach me at. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thank you.